Hey everyone, just a quick reminder, it is December, and that means every video in December has a chance for you to win a free game. All you have to do to enter is leave a comment on that video for a chance to win. More information in the description. Welcome friends, Lost here, and it's time for Basically Podcast with our guest this week, May Deer. Hello, hello. I'm here, and I'm deer. So, wait, did you say you're here, you're a deer? Yes. <laughs> okay, because I was wondering if you said that or you're here twice. I was not sure. <laughs> I'm derailing this no, already. I... So, wait. But, okay, so, May is an artist. You can find some of on Twitter at a link in the description. And also, they make shirts, which you can find on my chest right now. There's one. This is a shirt. <laughs> uh, you can find a link in the description as well for their shirt store. So, they, they draw the things. And you can buy some of the things. So, there you go. Okay, so... Having an artist on the podcast is going to be different from talking about games because we're going to talk about art. Well, it's like basically a podcast talking about different things. This should be very fun. Right? Hopefully. Fingers crossed. So let's ask, let's ask some art questions, which is going to be so fun. <laughs> um, so asking me art questions here. So first one up is uh, how do you draw what you draw? And like, what do you use in everything? Um, digitally or on paper? Because there's a difference. <laughs> Let's go with both. First up, okay. paper, I suppose, and then digitally. Sure. Um, on paper, I mainly just do pen sketches most of the time. Um, since, for me, polished works, I don't do on paper as much. It's just a place to doodle or get creative thoughts out. Um, so it's mostly just pen, sketchbook, and I have quite many pens, like at least 30. Uh, <laughs> digitally, um, I use Photoshop just to draw on a pen display. It's a Unova, which is just basically a giant-ass monitor that you draw with a pen. Pretty self-explanatory. Oh, okay, okay. Now, with drawing and such, um... So, would you say you are putting your ideas on paper and then putting the more polished things on digital, or are you are you also spitballing on digital as well? Yeah, um, for me, it's easier to just ideas since I don't have to worry about people possibly seeing it. <laughs> it's easier to just do whatever. Um, lots of times, what I'll do is I'll sketch on paper in a sketchbook and then actually uh, take a picture of it and. Uh, like digitally scan it onto my computer and draw over it from there from the sketch. Um, oh. Digitally is harder to just step out because everything there looks polished. If you draw a line, it looks like a line instead of a sketch. So if you mess up a little bit, it's very noticeable. I'd, so I prefer doing that on paper instead. Oh, interesting. So you're you're tracing on yourself, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So, I actually, like, use this app that's supposed to be for, like, scanning dots. <laughs> but I'll take a picture of my art, and it, like, cleans it up a little bit, gets a white background instead of just, like, a photo, and then uh, redraw over it digitally. Okay, so we're going to assume you're not drawing on, like, lined paper. Like a notebook or something. <laughs> well, sometimes I do. Actually, like, one of my bad habits during church, I'll take, like, the the church bulletins, which contain, like, tons of lines and stuff, and just draw 
all over them, which is a bit of a pain to edit out later, but <laughs> still works enough. Hmm, holy moly on that work. Most uh, of the time, it's just white paper. <laughs> okay. So then, like, uh, not knowing too much, I've watched art streams and everything. And by the way, May does have an art stream that you can watch. Oh, yeah, it's on Twitch. Yeah, it's on Twitch. There's also a link to that in the description as well. It's just at May Deer, I believe. Yeah, I think it's uh, just May Deer. Mm-hmm. And my understanding of, like, with art programs, there's, like, layers, right? Yeah, so... Layers are a little bit difficult to define, but it's like if you drew on a translucent piece of paper and then you put another one on top of it and you drew on that, then you would have two separate drawings on two different pieces of paper, but you can see through them so it looks like one piece. Uh, layers make it really easy to uh, sketch first and then do line work on top of it without worrying that you're going to ruin your sketch and you can easily take it away later. Or you can uh, color underneath line work so that in case, like, you mess up coloring, you're not actually messing up another of your lines. So it makes it more separated and easier to, to edit. Now, here's a different question, and that is uh, something I've seen with artists. It is um, line undo, line undo, line undo, line <laughs> undo, line undo. Do you do that? Because I don't, I don't remember right now. Yes, my 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 control Z buttons are probably worn down a bit more than all the rest because I so much. So just undo is just the artist's best friend in digital. Oh yeah, definitely. Probably like the number one thing. Being able to like get another chance to do your line curve is amazing. Hmm. That's what I was wondering about. Like, because if you're if you're just drawing on paper, well, you have to commit. You got no choice in the matter. Yeah. Yeah. On paper, though, it's a like there's definitely that fact of you can't undo, especially for me since I just use pen. There's no backseas on that. But um, the difference is that you can draw very lightly and go over later darker with it, so it makes errors less distinguishable. It's just like different techniques for each. Okay. Another thing is, um, oh, okay, here's a random one. Here's a random question. Here's a random question. When you draw a character, yeah. what do you start with? The head. <laughs> for for me, it's just like you start drawing circles, and then after that, I usually move on to like the eyes and face, and then build hair around that. Then go from top to bottom for the body. But everything just starts with circles. <laughs> okay, like I know different artists. Like I know an artist who starts at the eyes, and another mm -hmm. one who starts at the hands. And they start the hands because hands are the worst part. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> we just want to get that out of the way at the beginning. Any any artist can tell you that hands are just a pain in the ass. And that is why you go the Simpsons method of four fingers. Like apparently. <laughs> like apparently yeah, just... sir, we learned how to hide them. <laughs> the fifth thing just... is just a bit much. <laughs> I mean that's what uh, actually what Walt Disney did. They didn't wanna go through the pain of animating uh five finger hands so they only did because it makes it easier and it's like more easier to express hand motions to only have four apparently huh. speaking of Walt Disney here's a curious one what do you think of how they recycled animations 
<laughs> like the big example would be oh, what was it, Robin Hood and. I can't remember which movie it was. Also, I, it... I know what you're talking about. Okay. The, the dancing scenes they yeah. retraced over him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess it, it probably depends on the situation. I know that uh, I think it was Robin Hood that was one of their like under budget produced movies. They were like really tight on how much they could afford for it, so they reused the animation. But I, I guess if it's their own studio, it's not a problem if they were tracing over some other studios that would definitely be hmm. very very not good and possibly get like legal action from that but if it's their own work I don't see why not yeah this is actually an interesting thing uh where it's really weird how because i've seen this where, when it came with the disney one and i've seen this also with anime and games and oh anything that uses art Anything that has drawing, so everything <laughs> in general. Uh, if they recycle animations, people don't like that. And it's really weird to me that they don't like that they're recycling their own stuff. It's like, well, it costs money to draw these things, guys and gals. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure why people would look down on it. Maybe if they haven't actually been through the process of having to put that all together themselves. It's a little bit harder to to appreciate the work behind it because it's it's a lot. <laughs> Animating, especially, is a super time consuming and expensive process. Yeah, because like um, this is a different. This is a conversation that could be quite interesting. Is just how little people actually understand about art or any th- creation in general. I feel, um, just drawing one still alone can go up quite a bit in price. But then when you ask someone for an animation, even a five second, maybe 10 second, 30 second animation, it can cost a lot of, a lot of money and they don't understand or or recognize that. Yeah. It's insane. It's, I can see why they would think, Oh, it's like five seconds. So expensive, but it's hard to understand it. If you haven't been there and done it yourself. Um, one one piece of art is difficult enough. Even like in a ten second animation, you're doing sixty frames per second. That's that's a lot. <laughs> that just individual pieces of art that have to be drawn and redrawn, drawn over again. Not to mention like the experience and skill that go behind knowing how to animate in the first place. Because you're not just paying for someone's time. You're also paying because they know how to do this thing that you don't. <laughs> Yeah, the it feels like there's just so much of just oh it's cost this much. Well, then joke of some kind about well we could do this or that with that money. Well, then go get those things then basically. Yeah, go have those things. If you don't want to do a professional, I mean, if you don't want a professional to do it, go try it yourself. Then come back to the professional and let them do it. You'll see how difficult it is to try and do it on your own. So then, a, a different question is how. Is it frustrating or not when you see artists with amazing art and they sell it for like 10 bucks? Yes, it's very frustrating. It It's kind of discouraging, actually, because a lot of the reasons they have to price it so low is because nobody wants to pay them for what it's actually worth. People have a low regard on art in general or buying art from like freelancers and such. So they, they're expecting a certain price and they pay the price that actually works so they have to lower it 
in order to actually make sales. But should be much higher. It, it's one of like the main reasons it's so difficult to be a freelancer at all. Do you think the price is also affected by maybe self-esteem and someone's belief in their in their artwork and everything? Uh, probably. <laughs> I can't speak for other people, but at least for myself, I know that. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's honestly it's scary to try and like price yourself to what you think you're worth in case other people don't agree with it. Because then at that point, it's like other people are saying. Your art is not good enough for this mm. price. And for a lot of artists, their art is an extension of themselves. So as an extension, they're saying you're not worth paying this price. Yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a painful thing doing that, just putting yourself out there and people saying things like that. And definitely, I'm sure people don't realize that, yeah, they're extensions of the artist. So then they don't realize they're insulting the artist. Like who the mm -hmm. artist is and such when they, uh, when they get mad about prices or just their art or just insult their art and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's a bit different than like if you were a service that that people could learn to do. I don't know, like fixing your car or something. If you fix a car, it's either like you know how to do it and you do it, and you get paid for it. For art, it's different because it's such a creative process that it's also very personal. And related to who you are as a person. So mixing in business with that gets more complicated because it attaches your self-worth to your job, basically. Which, which is just no fun. There's <laughs> never any fun. No, it, it's really difficult to learn how to... Like, like, considering what the channel is and everything, like, yeah, trying to put worth on things, oh my god, it's... <laughs> Uh, that is not an, that is just not an easy thing to do, putting yourself out there, stuff like that. And, and the internet is just full of not the nicest people. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, have you ever seen the Twitter, uh, for exposure? Yes. <laughs> I, it's one of my favorite things to laugh at and then secondly cry over because it's just <laughs> heartbreaking. <laughs> Side note, I was going to originally open this with, all right, we have May here. We're paying her an exposure. And <laughs> that is... Let me, let me just end this right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, that joke is not in good taste when I think about it. <laughs> but, like, for exposure just fills me with rage. Yeah. So much rage. Like, the entitlement that you see people have on there and... The just uh, the feeling of they can they can theft they can steal they don't it doesn't matter it's it's so angering and you have some who just feel like they're morally right to steal art and use it for themselves because they're showing it off by doing that and it's just no yeah. not okay <laughs> not okay at all I will say that um, I think that like Twitter accounts like that and stuff had made it really public what's going on, which is good. But also uh, for artists starting off, it's up to them. There could be situations in which doing something for free and quotes for exposure 
would actually be beneficial to them. I'm not saying that every single situation like that, someone needs to be paid like a full professional price. Ideally, it would be. But if they decide that, oh, it'll be okay if I did this project for free or for really discounted because it will help me gain more attention and followers. And if they decide that's okay, then I, I don't see a problem with that. I think uh, social media has made a really big deal over it sometimes. Maybe going a little bit over the other edge. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, let's see, uh, yeah exposure stuff. Um, I think Twitter goes the craziest over art theft, which, yeah, of course. Um, mm -hmm. Tracing and uh, art theft again. Uh, oh, no, no. no <laughs> what? So important, you have to put it on there twice. <laughs> yeah. Well, the actual third one that I remembered is uh, fan art. Fan art is ridiculous, the backlash that some people get for fan art. Really? It is like, uh, what is it? The. Or just, actually, just any art, really. Oh, my God. Um, There was one which I, you probably want to know. It's, uh, it was called. Dream Daddy, mm -hmm. and this one it's it's a bunch of guys, so it's it's a it's kind of a dating sim, but you're a daddy and you're kind of dating other yeah, daddies. I know it. Okay, and then someone fan arted a girl version of all those characters. Oh yeah, I, I've seen that. And they got so many threats and so much rage at them for it, and it's it's someone just drawing something because they liked it, and this one just wanted to draw a girl version, and they got so much rage from so many people on Twitter. It's like, why even make fan art? Why even share your art? Because of how many thorns can be thrown in your direction. Yeah, it's insane. You can, if you, it feels like nowadays, if you post something on Twitter, there's someone out there who hate you for it. And it's, I, I don't know, like, I really like art. I really like it a lot. Anyone who follows my Twitter, there's just a lot of retweeting of three <laughs> things. Uh, cute animals. Uh, art and, and then, Kirby, and then Kirby. Yeah, th that's it. And then art of Kirby. But like, I I retweet so much art because it's like this looks really cool. This looks great. This looks awesome. And it's just so many different art styles and so many different things. And from me, like, this is all awesome. I love it all. And then there are people who just hate everything, and they have to make sure the artist knows they hate it. And just it really sucks. Those people who exist. Yeah, definitely. I agree. <laughs> Because there's not much to say on that one. Um, <laughs> th there's one place I've never really been to because it's scary. Because apparently it's just a horrible, horrible... It, it is Moss Eisley Bar. And that is Tumblr. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. There's a, <laughs> there, there's a reason I stay off Tumblr. <laughs> Tumblr is like... <laughs> if you gathered all the fandoms... And you take the 1% of people who are, like, the worst people in the fandoms, they're all on Tumblr. Jeez. <laughs> all of them. All of them. Yeah. That's why I it's, stay away. Because that's what I've been told. It's, me too. It is it's a place of scum and villainy. Yeah. It seems not as easy to uh, get your work out there on Tumblr, either. Just because there's there's so much art already on there, it's hard to get attention. And same could be said for DeviantArt, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I was on DeviantArt for like five years. I joined Twitter. I think uh, 
I had around 300. Once I joined Twitter, Ooh. like within a year, I was at a thousand on Twitter. It's crazy how much more attention you can get through Twitter than through DeviantArt. Hmm. I prefer it much more now. So you're saying you had 300 followers on DeviantArt, now you got over a thousand. Well, you have more than a thousand on Twitter. Is yeah, I, I think it's close to. to it, I was on DeviantArt for five years and I only got like 300 or 400 followers. Woo. Within a year on Twitter, I got over a thousand. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it shows you what Twitter can do. Me five years to hit it, hit a thousand. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an artist I'm though. <laughs> I'm I'm someone trying to be funny on the internet. How does that work out? <laughs> um. Okay, so like Demon Art Tumblr. Are there any other places where art goes up a lot? Besides, like, Twitter and DeviantArt and Tumblr? Yeah, actually, Instagram. I've seen a lot of people, especially with uh, traditional art, like a pen or watercolor paintings, do really well on Instagram. Um, I've tried my hand in it, not had much success, so I backpedaled out. (laughs) But um, I've also heard that, actually, the art theft on there is really bad, too. That people will steal stuff. And not credit just all the time, and it's really hard to reinforce because Instagram doesn't care. <laughs> well, you definitely on that, you. Yeah, <laughs> which is why I stick to my my home Twitter peeps. Mm-hmm. Now, another question is. Oh, okay. Actually, I don't know if if you're letting it out. Uh, you're working on a comic. Uh, that, yes, actually, is that meant in... to be known? I don't remember. uh kind of it's still in development so you'll have to keep your eyes peeled for a while (laughs) now the question is what is how does the process of making a comic work out like how does that work how do you mean like compared to just doing normal yeah like uh, you have to plan out of course like the story and things like that right and yeah your character's gonna look and i'll tell you it's like, ten times harder than just doing a one-off piece. (laughs) For a lot of reasons. One, you basically, you have to be a writer to to just come up with a whole story. Well, I guess it depends on the comic type. I know there are people who uh, focus on humor, one-off stuff, but for a, like, a comic novel story, fantasy adventure type thing, you have to plan it all out ahead of time. So basically, write a small book. (laughs) And then also, just producing a comic is extremely difficult. It's similar to animation, where drawing the same characters, situations, and things over and over again. Except, probably not time-consuming, as animation is. So then... How worried are you about when you start drawing the comic and everything? Just forgetting a detail, like you f- maybe you, you forget a hand, which would be the worst, or you forget a color. <laughs> like, is it black and white or is it colored? Uh, mine? Yeah. It's gonna be colored. Okay, you worry about, um, you ever worry about a uh, handle's this color here, but then it's a different color next time, and just everyone going like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, I guess that, that could be a slight worry, but thankfully it's pretty easy to go back and like, 
adjust small things if you need to. Especially on the, the comic website I use is a Tapastic. Um, I'm pretty sure you can re-upload pages if you need to. So if there was a be too much of a big deal, so just like go really quick, quickly fix it. That's good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that makes sense because like some comics I've read, like if you read it right when they come out, there's like a couple errors here and there, and like they'll fix mm-hmm. it later. But the yeah, comment and- section is just hundreds of this thing's wrong. It's not wrong anymore, <laughs> guys. Yeah, I was about to say like your followers are will pretty quickly point it out to <laughs> what needs to be fixed. So when you're doing a story, you're you're making the same characters, you're having them do things. And you have to draw them a lot. So then, how attached do you get to your characters then? <laughs> Very. <laughs> it's it, it's like having family members a bit, especially if uh, you plan things for them. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to the end. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> We're going for bitty sweet, are we? <laughs> Are we going oh, yeah, to bitter bitter? We're go- it's just all it's just black coffee. Is, is that what it is? Uh no no no, bittersweet. I like I like a little bit of Okay. Yeah, I think bittersweet's a good way to do it. Uh talking about just stories in general, like there needs to be some there has to be some stakes. Depending on the story, there has to be some stakes, and there has to be some sort of loss and gain in some way. Yes. I absolutely agree. It can't just be a happy ending, everything is okay now. With- no, nothing bad happened, and now we're just back. We're at the start. <laughs> like, unless, it doesn't make it meaningful. Unless it's Hello Kitty, then it's always meaningful. So <laughs> <laughs> sure, that that's the one exception. <laughs> now, fan art. Uh, what are your thoughts of fan art of your... what? If there was fan art, if you were graced with that, what are your thought, thoughts on that? Like, fans making art of your stuff. My word, I would just freak out and die. (laughs) (laughs) Fan art is, like, really cool to get because it means that someone likes your work enough to actually put effort and time into doing their own thing to show that they like it. So it's really meaningful as, like, a a small creator. (laughs) A a different one is... um... How scared are you of fans making ships out of your characters? Oh, <laughs> very. <laughs> so, uh, the thing is, in my comic, the main two characters are a boy and a girl, and they're cousins. <laughs> and I, I actually, I worry a lot that people will ship them, <laughs> and I'm not into family shipping. <laughs> so, always a slight concern in the back of my head. But then I think, oh, if there's enough people who are to ship them together, that probably means there's even more people who just enjoy the comic in general, so that makes it okay. Hmm. Yeah, because uh, when I think of yeah family relationships, um, the first I would go is cousins, and that's only if I made them royalty, because apparently that's okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's true to life. Yeah, I guess it depends um, on the situation. It's like it's it's a weird. Okay, going into a weird tangent is just how royalty. He's like, we got to keep the bloodline strong, so just keep it in the tree. He's like, just, just oh. marry your sister, dude. He's like, oh dear, oh oh dear. But but this peasant girl's really nice. Nope, in the tree, in the tree. <laughs> keep it you, in the tree. Yes, slim pickings. 
Especially if there aren't that many branches. Um, oh, yeah. Other aside is the funny thing of... Uh, recently, just because we're talking about royalty really quick, just as an aside, uh, that I think is funny is... Well, the other prince is getting married to an actress here in, from the U.S. Yeah, and, so I've heard. And the way that the news did it is, this actress name, who's from the show Suits and things like that, they're like, she's marrying a military veteran from the, from from uh, an English military veteran. Like, they mention all that, they don't mention it's the actual prince. <laughs> I was like, yes, do it like that. There we go. She's just marrying some guy. Nothing important. That, that's a wonderful way to do it. <laughs> I think so. I really do. Different, yeah, okay, here's a question. What is the most eye-catching thing to you uh, that you would like to be really good at in your own art? Would it be like a really cool background, really cool character um, design, maybe the clothing or weapons, stuff like that? What is something you would like to do really well? Unique character designs. There's this there's this thing in art called the same face where you you see it a lot in animes where everyone if you took away their hair and their they just looked at their face it all looks exactly the same like replicas of each other which I gotta see this uh, <laughs> I think I I struggle with that sometimes of just like having everyone kind of look the same hmm. I really like cartoon works for the fact that their character designs are so unique. As, like they have a bunch of different shapes, features, and stuff that make them very distinguishable from each other. I think if I could pick one thing, that'd be that'd be it. <laughs> huh. Random other question. Um, would you want to do like as a as, just as an artist? Would you want to do a comic in like space? Because or, no, no, if you had to do a comic in space. Would you just make it everyone's humans, or would you go nuts and just draw lots and lots of aliens? <laughs> In space? Yeah. Why would you not do aliens, dude? Exactly. <laughs> exactly! If you have that opportunity, then you go for. Like, that's the most interesting, like, whenever there's a space thing, and it's just a whole lot of humans, I'm like, oh, what the- come on! Like, you had the opportunity to go nuts! Unless there's, uh, like, a really specific story reason why aliens be in it, true. then I say, you just go go, go wild with it. <laughs> Design everything. Like, it could be the story is there's only humans in space because apparently Earth was the only planet with, hum with life. Holy crap. <laughs> that was it. So we had to populate everything else. Yeah, uh, I mean, I could see that being a situation. But then at least make their outfits, like, kick-ass people. Yeah. And then... And then we just do what Star Trek does, where there's a Roman planet and a and a cowboy planet. Just all all the <laughs> fashions are back, guys. Just have planets of all the fashions now. Why not? Because like, if if I made a thing, I think the one thing I would really like to do would be like ship designs and like weapons, and just have really cool looking just weapons and stuff. I think that's what I'd want to do. Like, you just hit on my weak point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can't design weapons for anything. It's just, sword is a sword. I can't do it. <laughs> sword is sword. Done. No, no. Everyone fights with, with telepathy. You're done. Good. Telepathy and telekinesis. <laughs> You're done. It's, just, it's it. just pictures of them staring at each other until <laughs> battles that you can't see. <laughs> and they do the whole 11 just nosebleed. Yes. <laughs> so you know it's really intense. I will say that there are some people out there who 
really, really good at designing cool ships and weapons and things. I really admire that skill, like, from a distance, because I don't know how to do that, but they do a really good job of it. Now, writing-wise, what is a... Three three things. What is a strength, a weak... And I guess a weakness and something you want to improve on, which I guess would be the weakness. <laughs> uh, strength? I really enjoy world-building. So, just, like, creating new worlds, like, the rules that apply to them, whether that's, like, magic or sci-fi or how their royalty and country work, stuff like that. That is really interesting to me, what you can what you can do when limits are gone. Um, With world building, yeah. Yeah, because we see culture nowadays, but what if it was, like, slightly different that affect everything else? You can go all over the place with it. <laughs> uh, that's probably my number one. But uh, what I could improve on, probably character personalities, making them more balanced and believable i think hmm now here's an interesting one um two things one my weakness i feel is dialogue mm. but my question is when you have to do dialogue in a comic like you can't let them talk too much but they can't talk too little but you have to you have to have enough conversation conveyed in words but also you can do a lot of visuals as well but you got to fit them bubbles in what you're doing and it's like Talk, dialogue alone feels like it'd be really complicated in a comic, just because not only are you picking what they're saying, but also where you want to put the bubbles and how much space they take up and stuff like that. Yeah, you just hit on another one of my weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really difficult, because you have to keep it concise enough so it's not lengthy, but also long enough so you know what's going on, and that, and plus it has to be interesting. And even on top of that, if you want your characters to have like specific voices or like certain speaking mannerisms it just gets complicated from there <laughs> Ooh, that's interesting um just a random thought would be interesting if you just gave different characters different fonts oh man that would be so hard to do i i mean that's what undertale did <laughs> oh yeah they did they did <laughs> I, I, like literally sans pirates are <laughs> Comic well, and papyrus. <laughs> well, yeah. It'd be really silly if they didn't do that. Yeah, they I've did. seen um, some comic artists uh, colored or different characters. Like, one of them, uh, a villain character had black bubble with white words. So, you can definitely get more fun with it than you could in just, like, a normal novel. Yeah, I remember there was a comic I, I read, uh, Star Slip Crisis, and one of them was, like, this kind of devil character, and his dialogue was, like, darker and, like, thicker lining, if I remember correctly. Mm. And kind of looked like it was on fire, if I remember. <laughs> like, the bubble itself, it was, like, darker looking, if I remember correctly. Because why not? Uh, if you can, then do. <laughs> it just makes mm -hmm. it way more visually appealing. Oh, just out of curiosity, for your comic, is it... Is it specific panels or just a full page and however panels would work in that? Or are you doing, like, how are you going to do your comic? Um, as, like, normal pages with different panels in each. So it, it would just look like a normal page, like it would in a book, but with different shapes of panels inside of it. I don't know, comic book style. <laughs> hmm. 
Well, the thought I've had with it is that we are in the age of, I'm going to use this word, the infinite canvas. And oh <laughs> you can make your page as big as you want or as small as you want and stuff like that. I just, I always wondered, would it be a good idea to just make something just different? Uh, from the traditional one page or the traditional four, four panels or three panels. Like, yes, it it definitely could. I think it depends on what you're going for, too. Hmm. Uh, so and who and where your audience is. Because for me, since I'm planning to publish on Tapastic, they have a scrolling format, so you don't see individual pages; you just scroll through. So having to hmm. keep that in mind. While you design the panels is really important because if it if you set up something so that you're supposed to look at it horizontally like you would in a normal comic book going from one page to the next it won't work the same in a scrolling format ah, so you can't do a two-page uh what's the word here spread a, a two-page spread yeah that's the word yeah no it, it will I mean, you could but it wouldn't work as well you just have to keep that in mind I definitely do think, though, that there's way more opportunity for people to do unique stuff. I've always wanted to see someone who kind of, like, broke the fourth wall in a comic and had their characters shape into the webpage. It's I just, want, like, a, yeah. a personal <laughs> thing I want to see happen at some point. I instantly it, thought of that right now. But yeah. <laughs> you could do so much with it. You don't have to stick to a normal page, especially if you're publishing it on your own website. But... Mm -hmm. My thoughts. I've seen a couple things. Um, there's a comic, uh, Doctor McNinja, and there's a page where it's just gonna sound random. Um, Dracula comes down from the ceiling, and it's uh, it, it's it's him slowly coming down in the comic page, and like it's only done here. He doesn't do it anywhere else. Just on this one, <laughs> just because it's Dracula. On and, a webcomic? Yeah, on a webcomic. And the okay. alt text is, oh yeah, that's totally going to work in the print version. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, oh yeah. dear. I've seen other comics who um, actually have uh, GIFs in each panel, hmm. which I think is a really unique way to do it. It just, the problem is it limits it to online. Hmm. If you want to do it in print, it doesn't have the same effect. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, mentioning that, are you going to play with alt text at all? <laughs> Don't give away my secrets now. <laughs> Not on purpose. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking, because I do read quite a few uh, webcomics, I'm just thinking of the different things webcomics have done. Oh yeah, I'm definitely. I, I'm i a big fan of like hiding secret places. Ooh. So, <laughs> it's always been in the plan to do that. <laughs> so, uh, another comic I read... Uh, this one is uh, Drive. They do full page, just lore pages sometimes. Like in the comic, they were like, okay, this next uh, update is just going to be a lore page and it just fully explains like an alien race or something. Huh? Have you considered doing something where just a big lore dump at some point just to explain what the heck's going on in the story? Or do you feel like it should all be conveyed through the story itself? That's a hard call because. I feel like both can be done well and both can be done badly. <laughs> hmm. um, me personally, I prefer it to be told just through the story and have it revealed that way. But the thing is, the more complex your 
is, the more it varies from like normal Earth, the the harder it is to explain everything without sounding like a narrator. Yeah. I think as a joke I would do if I had a comic, I would have a character named Exposition, but like in German or French. That's just his <laughs> name. And he's just conveniently the guy that tells you all this information. And he it's just because he likes telling people about things. And you just, <laughs> there you go. He's just the exposition <laughs> character. And if you knew <laughs> French or German, you'd know. <laughs> I may or may not have thrown in one of those to <laughs> my story later on. <laughs> I'm like, I can't think of any other way to explain this, so let's have a really talkative guy right here. (laughs) There's the question of, um, now tropes are tropes because they work. And Mm -hmm. when you're making a story or a comic or anything like that, and if you recognize a trope, do you feel like you have to change it, or would that be betraying your character or anything like that, or... Like, just um, forget it, go with the trope, or you believe you can execute it, however you, the way you do it, it's going to be really good, or... Really weird question, actually, but... Let's say no, you run sense. into a trope. And... I, well, I would use the technique that my my history teacher told us how we should write papers. Uh, comparing it to a woman's dress. Enough to cover everything, but short enough to be interesting. So, <laughs> using tropes... Yes, to an extent, as long as it's not overbearing. Hmm. I think you can get places with them, but if it's too much and too obvious, too, you don't want the reader to predict the ending way before it ever happens. Oh, yeah, that is a thing. Oh, uh, predicting endings. That is something you kind of want to avoid in any story. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, a different aside, though, watching a movie, how do you feel? Are you proud of yourself or do you feel like you ruined it whenever you figure out a big twist way before it comes up? <laughs> Both. <laughs> I I consider myself like a story hunter, so I'm always looking thing on how it's going to end or little secrets thrown here and there. So if I am able to figure it out before the ending, I'm like, oh yeah, this is awesome. But then I just sit through the ending. I already <laughs> knew this was going to happen. <laughs> uh, I am so happy when I'm genuinely wrong. And surprise, <laughs> but only if it's an earned twist. Like if it's a twist out of nowhere that makes no sense, I'm so mad. Um, I'm yeah, using there, it has right. be, there has to be enough setup for a twist, yeah, for it to work. I, I'm putting it here right now, which is going to make Jinx go, "Oh my god, Frozen!" I forever hate the Hans twist. <laughs> it wasn't earned. It ruins the movie for me. It doesn't help. He was my favorite character, but still. That twist made no damn sense to me. And so that is always an example of doing a twist wrong, in my opinion. Like, there's no clues. There's not enough hints. He's just, oh, hey, he's the bad guy now. What? They what? just conveniently needed a villain, so they made him it. Yeah, like, like no, no, you gotta set it. You have to set up your villain ahead of time. Like, even if it's a twist villain, you have to have, like, breadcrumbs or just some clue that there's something sinister going on with this character in some way. Or have enough that maybe they're actually the red herring, you're not sure, and stuff like that. <laughs> the only thing that they actually threw in there was that he had he had gloves on the whole time. While, um, like, for the whole first part of the movie, before anyone, he was wearing gloves, like, hiding something. 
And then when he finally reveals he's the big bad villain, he takes them off. I'm like, that's the worst little secret <laughs> thing. That was no setup at all. I was like, no, what? A, no, no, not at all. No. Who's paying attention to gloves? Like, I'll, I'll spoil this one, because if you haven't seen it at this point, forget you. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I, I can still say without spoiling it. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's movie. Uh, oh my god, I forgot the name of the movie right now. The one, it's the one where everyone's a color. Mr. Green, Mr. Pink. All these different colors. Early on in the movie, a character does a thing that makes it later on you realize, like, oh, hey, yeah, considering this guy's character traits and the things he was doing, of course he was the twist. And, like, they do the, they do breadcrumbs at the start to show you that. Like, like, oh, okay. So, yeah, this was actually the twist character right here. And so, like, that's a good way of doing it. I cannot remember the name of the movie right now. My be- Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. So I haven't seen it. <laughs> so I'm I can't. So I'm not spoiling it then. Not exactly. Mm-hmm. But there's a scene earlier in the movie where there's characters interacting, and one character does a thing, and then later on, when the big twist happens with that character, you can think back and seeing the movie again, like, oh hey, yeah, this point basically kind of gave away without giving away that this is the character mm-hmm. that was the twist. And so Reservoir yeah, Dogs my, did it pretty well. One of my favorite movies that does this really is actually The Prestige. I don't hmm. I don't think it's as uh, well-known as other movies, but uh, there's a really big twist in the end. And it actually does, like, little flashbacks at the end and shows you places and things that led it to being there. And I swear, I could watch that movie over, like, a hundred times and probably have <laughs> looking for all the hints towards the big twist. It, uh, it's really well done. What I find interesting about The Prestige is, and you'll get it without me saying too much about it, is the one trick, which is the bird, uh, the, the, the disappearing bird trick. Uh-huh. That whole movie is that. And it's, yes. it's so interesting how it is like that. Now, on a different tangent, is that Christopher Nolan's best movie? I'd probably say so, yeah. <laughs> I have to double check this. I'm pretty sure that's Nolan. Pretty sure. Yeah, it is. It yeah, is. so is that Nolan's best movie? Okay. That's what you think. I would say so. Okay. You're right. Ru- no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Are you I, saying I'm wrong? No, no, no. I cannot say what's his best movie. He's done some pretty good work. He's got amazing cinematography. Um, Nolan's work. Nolan, so what's amazing about Nolan is he can really capture you in his movie. He's really good at, at pulling you in. That's probably his greatest trait. The last thing I want from you is a pie. No, um... <laughs> I can't think. <laughs> uh, it's interesting talking about art and everything like that, and just webcomics. Like, I've, I've read so many webcomics and things, and just story-making. Very mm-hmm. fascinating stuff. Yeah, definitely. And it would be interesting to to see what you think after you've gotten the comic out and everything, for sure. Oh, yeah. I it's I know ahead of time it's just going to be crazy adventure. <laughs> and so, the last thing I wanted to do here before we roll out is advice you would give for anyone who's, who wants to draw, in general. Like, they've never drawn before. So I'd say, I wouldn't say just kids, but even adults who've never drawn but they've mm-hmm. always kind of wanted to. 
What would be your advice to them? Two things. One, draw every single day. I cannot stress how important this is. The only way you will improve is if you are doing it all the time. I'm a really firm believer that the more often you do something, the better you get at it. Even if it's like going to a job you hate, if you work at a fast food place, the more you're there, the better you're going to get at it. And you only have so much time, so (laughs) you should spend time doing things that you want to get good at. (laughs) If you want to get good at art, do it every day. The second thing is uh, be obsessed with it. <laughs> the The easiest way to, to get better at something and to really like enjoy it is to, to be obsessed with it. I've heard people say that um, the only way to success is through like obsession because it's the one thing you want to do every single day. And mm-hmm. maybe crazy advice, but it works. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so these are... <laughs> Um, May's opinions, no one else's, so take that. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Right, so, you with a grain of salt. That is, that was, that is interesting, though. It was interesting thoughts there uh, to be uh, obsessed. That's an interesting one, for sure. Uh, not negatively, I don't mean it like that. I don't mean negative. Um, that's no, I didn't I've never, that Okay, good, because I've never heard that one before, so that's cool, because, like, <laughs> I always ask people advice for their thing, and so... Obsession is an interesting one. That's yeah. That that's that's an interesting one for sure. I would say that if it's like if it's anything someone wants to be really good at, you need to be obsessed. You have to give it a hundred percent. Basically, it is the the nicer way of phrasing it. If you want to get good at something, then give it your all. True. That's uh yeah. True. So uh, so a lot of people say that then. I don't know what I'm saying right now. My bad. Um, let's finish this out with the podcast. So it's basically a podcast, everybody, with Maydeer. And we will have her Twitter, uh, her shirt page, her uh, Twitch as well, on this, uh, in the description down below so you can check her out. And uh, look out for a comic in the future. That should be cool. <laughs> and yes, the, definitely. I'm really interested in seeing it. All the pressure. Not no pressure. All the pressure. I'm interested in seeing this thing. And so, I had fun talking. Hope you had fun watching. And that's what's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time. Bye.